the Get Naked Live podcast, where we are redefining the strong Black woman. I'm your host, Shirley Hubbard, and I am super excited to bring you intimately honest, sometimes uncomfortable, yet strangely funny conversations and real life stories on how emotionally draining being a strong Black woman can be. Each episode is designed to help you find the courage to embrace your emotional nakedness, define strength on your own terms, burn that superwoman cape because you know you are sick of wearing it, and learn to love life unmasked. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Getting to Get Live, where we are redefining the strong Black woman. I'm your host, Shirley Hubbard, and as always, I am super excited to bring you an amazing guest. And today in my virtual studio, I have Nicole Jones, who will be sharing some of her story of overcoming sexual and physical abuse, the journey that it took for her to get there, and how she is now in this space of forgiveness. So welcome, Nicole. How the heck are you? I am great, Shirley. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, I'm super excited about it. You and I have talked, you know, a a little bit prior to this interview. So like I was telling you, girl, I'm so excited for this. (laughs) (laughs) My heart is just like leaping because because I do know several women who have, you know, experienced sexual and physical abuse and to hear their stories and how everyone is so different, even though we've all gone through this particular experience everybody's experience is so different so thank you for being willing to share yours with us oh no problem thank you for actually letting me share it with the world and just telling people about my journey and how i've dealt with it absolutely as you know this podcast is all about redefining a strong black woman because you know society religion our family and our friends you know, they kind of labeled us as being this this definition that is ultimately kind of sort of killing us. And when I asked you what your strong black woman experience was, you were saying that, you know, it feels like nobody ever comes to check on you because, you know, you're strong and, and they feel like, you know, you've got it together. So, you know what, girl, I just completely forgot to say, hey, introduce yourself. <laughs> So, Nicole, before we dive into your story, why don't you take a few minutes to introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. Well, my name is Nicole K. Jones, and I am a domestic violence advocate. Um, I actually started doing it a couple of years ago, just telling my story, doing speaking engagements, and Mm -hmm. I am currently writing a book. I had started it a while ago. Um, I'm starting it back up, and this year I'm going to finish it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And it just tells you the path that I took for healing and forgiveness. Right. I I, I have a group right now that I have for uh, domestic violence victims and for sexual assault, something that I'm very familiar with, and um, anybody who wants to join, they're more than welcome to do so. Absolutely. So it's like a support group? Yes, it is. It's a okay. support group. I started not too, like a couple months ago. And yeah. it's, it's on Facebook? It is on Facebook. It's on Facebook. Okay. So yes. yeah, we'll make sure we get that information for those who um, who may be interested because, you know, sometimes this journey gets challenging. Sometimes it gets hard. Sometimes it gets lonely. 
So it's nice to have somebody in your corner that you can lean on when you're having moments like that. So we'll definitely be sure to give out that information before we end this conversation. I definitely will. (laughs) (laughs) So let's talk about the whole strong black woman. And I would like to talk about it as how it relates to domestic violence and sexual abuse and things of that sort. Because again, you know, in your, when I ask you what, the strong black woman looked like to you it was like nobody comes to check on you everybody feels like you always have things together so let's talk about that a little bit like how did it feel for you to be in a position where everybody thought Nicole's strong she's got this she can handle whatever life throws at her well you know what this part this is like twofold Mm -hmm. so when I had when I was sexually abused when I was going through my domestic violence situation I really didn't talk about it. I didn't tell anybody about it. Mm-hmm. And I felt those were, to me, it felt like those were weak moments in my life. Mm-hmm. And I would never let anybody get me to that point anymore. Mm-hmm. So I felt like I had to become this strong person, take on the world because I had let, or I felt like I had let that part of me be taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there was no, I, I couldn't control it. Mm-hmm. And so my trying to redefine myself. I wouldn't let people help me. I wouldn't ask Mm -hmm. for help. I thought I could do everything on my own. I could be the best wife, the best mom, go to school, you know, take on a full-time job and do it all myself without asking for help. But Mm -hmm. I was always willing to help other people, Mm -hmm. but I wouldn't let them into my space to know that something was bothering me or that I actually did need help. You know, and I did that for years. Wow. For years. And nobody ever thought, because I am a strong person, nobody ever thought, oh, well, she must be going through something because I never showed them that side of me. Waking up trying to be that person every day, what was that like? It was hard. It would be times that I would sit in my room and just cry. I would just sit in my room and cry and try to figure out how am I going to make this work? Mm-hmm. Be mm-hmm. very sad, depressed. But if you had any interactions with me, you wouldn't know that. Wow. I was always smiling, you know, how can I help you? What can I do for you mm-hmm. type of person? Mm-hmm. And I would be really upset, really crying, really frustrated that I thought, you know, sometimes you just think that people will pick up on vibes, but that's not always the case. Right. Especially when you're throwing exactly. out fake ones. Uh-huh. Exactly. <laughs> when you're throwing out fake vibes and, yeah. you know, pretending like everything is okay. So they assume that everything's okay. I mm-hmm. try to be, now that I've, I've gone through that, I try to be more, I guess you want to say empathetic and listening because somebody mm-hmm. can say they're fine, but just the way that they say it mm-hmm. or their tone. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to be more... I guess uh, more of a listening ear right. than anything because right. anybody can tell you anything and you know, they're going through something. So I try to be more, um, more involved in conversations like that, where I can hear. Where you can actually actual, hear um, what they're not saying. Exactly. I think that's, I think that's where we miss it is that people are, people are crying out for help. But mm-hmm. it's like, it's like when you're in a physically abusive relationship, you work hard to hide the scars so nobody can see like you may wear a turtleneck or you may wear a long sleeve shirt or you may put on some extra makeup you work hard to cover up those physical scars but we do the same thing with our emotional scars because we don't want people to know so I think you're right in that we need to get into the habit of hearing what people are not 
blessing mm-hmm. because a lot of things are not being said. And, and we get up every morning and, and you know put on this facade and pretend like everything is perfect in our world when all the while we're dying on the inside. So what are some things, in in your opinion, what are some things that you think that we can do to be better listeners to the things that are not being said? I think we all are creatures of habit. When you notice someone doing something differently or behaving differently Mm -hmm. or not responding to you as much as they used to, I mean, there's little signs that'll Mm -hmm. tell you something's not right. Mm -hmm. You know, I could be talking to my friend and say, oh, you know, how are you? good. You see the tone and you know, most people will be like, Oh, okay, girl, let me tell you about da 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 da. Mm-hmm. But in that moment, you have to stop and realize that didn't sound like she was okay. Exactly. You know? That didn't sound like he was okay. Exactly. It sounds like something's going on. So let, let's talk about that for a minute, Nicole, when you, when you were in the thick of the, the physical abuse, mm-hmm. what, what was it like for you? I mean, did you, were you always like, Oh girl, I'm good. Were there some signs that you wish that your family and friends had picked up on? I think they knew what was happening, but the problem was I was not receptive to them. I thought that I could change them. Mm -hmm. I thought that if we loved each other enough, it would work out. I thought that, you know, everybody does this. Um, You know, people get into fights, people get into arguments. He Mm -hmm. said he was sorry. so. It's okay. It's basically okay. And at that time, I wasn't, I wasn't ready to accept. That's another thing. You have to be willing to accept someone's mm-hmm. help. And yeah. at that point, I was not wanting to. Um, it wasn't later until I um, left that I was more, a little bit more receptive to help. But back then, no. Oh, no. I, I, I didn't want to be it's it's twofold. I'm I'm weak in one area and I want you to believe that I'm strong. And I just wasn't willing to hear anybody out. People, my, well, my close immediate family knew that he had hit hit me a couple of times, but Mm -hmm. because we were fighting, not, um, it wasn't just, he was hitting me. It was like, we were actually, we were fighting. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until the end of our marriage, when I said enough is enough, that it really got bad and people didn't know how bad it actually was until they saw me with my face just really didn't even recognize my face how long did you stay oh we were okay i met him when i was 16 years old so that Mm -hmm. was another issue he was older than me he was Mm -hmm. 21 and i was 16. i stayed until i was about 23. Mm. And it was on and off again, abuse. He also had a drug problem that I thought, I'm young, I'm naive. Mm-hmm. I thought this was something that I could could help him. I could, I could help him. I could fix him. And all it was going to take is for me to, to love him. And it was going to make things better. But it was just, it was a cycle of emotional abuse, physical abuse. It was just it was it was horrible. It was horrible. And and it stems back from my own childhood of being molested and not having the right foundation of how a man is supposed to treat a woman. Right. I never I didn't understand that dynamic. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what it was. I just knew that I wanted a man to love me because I had never had a healthy relationship with a man. I didn't understand that dynamic or how a man is supposed to treat treat you because of just my own upbringing and, and being molested and not having a, a father in the home or, or family members that were 
you know, sexually molesting me. So it was, mm-hmm. it was just a crazy, a crazy time. And it took a lot of soul searching to kind of figure out who I was because I had only known dysfunction. Right. That's all right. I've ever right. known. So when people say, oh, how did you end up in a domestic violence? When you, when you grow up in that and you see it, you consider that to be normal. Yes. I didn't, I didn't see it as, oh, this is something horrible. I thought this is what couples do, you know, mm-hmm. and then they make up and then everything's better and you may get into a fight here and there, mm-hmm. not knowing that that was wrong. And I think it's why it's important for us to to begin to have these conversations because it's like you said, as a child, you were you you were sexually abused. And so you're thinking that this is how life is. This is that that's what you saw. And so you felt like that this is what this is what relationships are all about. So I think it's important that we have this conversations, these conversations now, and not only just have them among the adults in our lives, but we also need to be having these conversations with our younger children as well. That's not just assume that they know what relationships are supposed to look like. Exactly. Especially if you haven't had a healthy one, mm-hmm. this is all they've known. So mm-hmm. this is how they, they act. Mm-hmm. This is Absolutely. How you act out because the, you, you're going by example. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have any other examples, then this is how you're going to behave. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. So let's talk about how you got through it. So you were there from, from the age of 16 to 23. And of course, it, it came with some trauma. It came with um, brokenness and all of those things. So how did you get through it, Nicole? Oh, <laughs> a long road, a long road. Oh, um, okay. The final straw. Okay. The final straw was he was doing drugs. Mm-hmm. And at this point we were married and he was doing drugs. And he told me that he wasn't going to do drugs anymore because I think that that, that also played a factor in the abuse and all that. Mm-hmm. So at that point I said, I need to leave. Mm-hmm. I got my son and I left. A few months later, because I had moved, whew, I had moved far away from him. So a few mm-hmm. months later, he comes by, he wants to visit. I don't have a problem with him visiting his son. So I let him visit his son, but he thinks that this is a invitation for us to get back together. Uh-huh. I told him no, and that let off a person that I did not even know. He went berserk, mm. just crazy yelling, just punching things. And then when I was like, you know, you have to leave. We're not getting together. That's when the attack turned on me. Mm-hmm. And he punched me and punched me in my face until I was almost oh knocked God. unconscious. Uh-huh. And um, I ended up calling the police because at that time he ran off with my son and I was mm-hmm. actually just beyond myself. I hadn't looked at my face or anything in the mirror, but I could tell when the police came that something was wrong because the way that they looked at my face was like, wow. you know, they were taken back. Yeah. And so after they left and I filed a report, I went in the mirror and I just couldn't even recognize my face. Like it was so swollen and just beat up. And I was like, I will never, ever let this happen again. My sister eventually went and got my son um, that he had hiding because um, the police were like, you can't. This is another thing, ladies. Mm-hmm. You have to file physical custody of your child as they will not consider Absolutely. that. Kidnapping. Yeah. I did not know that. I'm like, he took my son. They were like, ma'am, it's his child too. That's right. Not 
it's not kidnapping because you unless you have sole custody of them and he's right. taking them without your permission then it's considered kidnapping but mm -hmm. other than that it's not that was the biggest i was like oh my god that scared me mm -hmm. so my sister ended up getting him and then i just had to go through like a healing process i was so at that point because i was like i already had been molested and not only once i had been molested twice Mm -hmm. by two different men. Mm -hmm. I had been in an abusive relationship and I was angry. I was upset to say the least mm -hmm. because I'm like, everybody I meet is just, they're abusing me and I don't know how to stop it. Mm -hmm. I don't know how I'm, and I'm as, as time went on and I started educating myself about these things, I was like, there's something about me that is letting these men know that it's okay. And it wasn't that there was something wrong with me. It's right. just that I had the characteristics right, right. of someone who was quiet, mm -hmm. who did not speak up, mm -hmm. who really kept to herself, who was just a quiet individual, not really outgoing or outspoken or anything like that. So those are people that they target. And I didn't even know that. I was like, why does this keep happening to me? Like, why do they keep, you know, why are they attracted to me? And I had to do a lot of reading a lot of therapy, a lot of counseling, um, and then just opening up. I think the biggest step for me was just opening up and sharing my story with other people mm -hmm. because I had kept that part of my life hidden. I didn't want to go in and dive in. I just wanted to be mad because I felt like that was my way of protecting myself. Right. And that was my way of keeping like boundaries from other people from hurting me. So if I'm angry and I'm not going to let you in, you can't hurt me. Mm -hmm. But I was like, that's not the life that I want to live. I can't live my life being angry and upset and just frustrated at the world because this has happened. I have to deal with this in a more positive way. So I started reading more about abuse, mm -hmm. more about how I can change my mindset because it really is a mindset. To forgive somebody who's abused you, who's molested you, that you've done nothing to them to try mm -hmm. to hurt them, but mm -hmm. they've done all these things to try to hurt you. And I can't forget God in my, in my, my church home. It was a slow, a slow, gradual process, but I eventually ended up talking to the person that molested me told him how upset it made me, told him how it changed the dynamic of how I see men, how it um, changed the relationship that I had with men because I didn't know how to have a healthy one. And mm -hmm. that one was my first encounter with dealing with a, a, a man. And I cried. I don't know if he was that open to it, but he accepted it and, you know, it kind of was like, okay met with him, talked. I thought I was going to, because it is a family member. So I thought I was going to be able to have a relationship, but I just couldn't right. take it there. I couldn't mm -hmm. take it there, but I thought, you know, thank God that I have forgiven him. I can get this monkey off my back and I can move forward. And the same with um, my son's father. I, we've talked, mm -hmm. I don't want to be his friend. Mm -hmm. But I want to forgive them because those type of things, when you hold them inside, it doesn't hurt anybody but you. But you've gone off, mm -hmm. you know, moved on with their life and you're still mad. 
Mm-hmm. It's not hurting them. It's only hurting you. And, you know, it's hurting your relationships and it's, it's hurting how you move with different people and how you interact with people and, you know, relationships. It's, it's, it's challenging. When I say it's the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life, it's, it's, it's hard. And, and, I, and I'm glad you pointed that out because a lot of times we think that holding on to this, this unforgiveness is we hold on to it because, you know, I want to be strong and I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to let him off the hook, but in forgiving people, you are letting yourself off the hook. You're letting your, you're freeing yourself from all that bitterness and that anger and forgiveness does not mean reconciliation. Exactly. Forgive people without ever being in their presence again. So I'm so glad you brought that up because a lot of times we think, Oh, I forgive him. We can go hang out. We can have lunch. No, exactly. We're not doing that. <laughs> exactly. I we're forgive not, you, but we are not BFFs now. But we are not going to be friends. You know, I can exactly. forgive you and I can love you with the love of God, but that does not mean that I have to be in your presence because forgiveness is for me. And that means I decide how I want you to participate in my life. And if that, if not participating in my life is how I want you to participate, then that's how it's going down. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and I feel like a lot of women hold on to that because they're trying to protect themselves. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You, you, you don't want to give up the anger because it feels, it, it actually feels good to be, and mm-hmm. I know this sounds crazy, but it feels good to be angry because Absolutely. you feel like, okay, now I'm punishing you. Mm-hmm. That's how you think I'm punishing, mm-hmm. you. but you're punishing yourself. It, exactly. You're, I'm, I'm punishing you. I'm mad at you still. I'm mad at you from 10 years ago. I'm mad at you from 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. And and you're going to know that I'm mad, but that does nothing. It, it does, does nothing because it takes so much energy to hold on to all of that anger. Girl, it like, it drains you. It does. I t- I'm telling you from personal experience, like it drains you to hold on to all of that because, and like you said, it affects your, your future relationships because now you're, you're wondering you know, is this person going to treat me the same way that, that he treated me? And so you always have your guard up. Exactly. So, I exactly. mean, you, you, ha- you have to like rear yourself for that. So I want to talk about the, the anger part for a minute. Because, mm-hmm. You know, being, being in a abusive relationship, you know, and, I, and I'm not saying that healing happens overnight. Yeah, you have to release the, the, the unforgiveness and the bitter and the anger and all of that. But I want to talk about you know, how people are always labeling us the angry black woman. Mm. And I and I heard this lady say uh, several months back, she had written a poem or something and I saw it on Facebook and she was like, you know, black women are not out here angry for no reason. Mm. A, a lot, of, in a nutshell, basically what she was saying is a lot of the anger is spilled over hurt from things that people have done and said to them in the past and they have not been able to effectively process that that hurt so it's not necessarily that they're angry they're hurt what are Mm -hmm. your thoughts on that I believe that to be very true Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of especially black women we endure we endure we endure and we Mm -hmm. endure and in doing that we don't know how to release it we're not going to therapy we're not going to counseling you're Mm -hmm. not talking to anybody about it Mm -hmm. you're holding on to it hoping that one day it'll go away or, you know, going to the church and praying for it. 
Right. And I don't, I, I, I believe in prayer. I believe in God. I believe in doing all of that, mm-hmm. but you have to take action. Absolutely. Your healing. And a Absolutely. lot of people don't understand that. They think that I'm not going to talk about it. I'm going to pray about it and I'm healed. No. And I'm healed. It, girl, thank you for saying that because it <laughs> does not work that way. No. You have to go through a process and everybody's process is not going to look the same. Exactly. Healing for me it may be going for walks every day. I don't know. I'm just throwing something out there. Healing for someone else may be journaling every day. Everybody's mm-hmm. journey is not going to look the same. So what did yours look like, Nicole? It was, I think, the in the whole process, because this took years. It just didn't happen overnight. And I'm Absolutely. like, okay, I'm feeling better. I'm healed. Mm-hmm. Like, I still go through a process. Absolutely. Because I feel like it's an ever, it's, it's always evolving. Mm-hmm. It's always changing mm-hmm. when I think, okay, I'm, I'm better, but now I'm struggling a little bit in this area. Mm-hmm. So I, what I do is I make sure that I have somebody that I can talk to that I, I trust mm-hmm. because, and whether that be your, your pastor at church, a therapist, a life coach, somebody that can give you sound advice on how to deal with those issues that you deal with because mm-hmm. a lot of times you'll think oh I'm, I'm good now I'm, I'm fine and something this is another thing that people don't realize you have triggers you have triggers that will make you instantly think of an incident that happened previously mm-hmm. that you haven't thought of in a while and somebody may say something or do something and you're like oh why did I feel that way or why did I right. react that way right and you're going to have to learn how to deal with those triggers because mm-hmm. they will come in and out of your life Every so often, just to remind you, mm-hmm. and you're going to have to learn how to have a coping mechanism. And that's where the reading comes in, mm-hmm. where I did a lot of reading. And I have a degree in psychology because I was always interested in how the brain works and how people, you know, get these mental illnesses. And mm-hmm. the brain is very fragile, but it's also very strong. Mm-hmm. And if you train it the right way, you can get healed. But it takes um, changing your mindset and the way that you think to make these changes right absolutely I totally agree and that comes with you have to be motivated to do that you have to be motivated to want to know why you're behaving certain ways and how can you change it and a lot of times you can't do this on your own it's hard work it is hard work because I would think okay (laughs) like I said I'm better and then something a a trigger would happen and then I'm like ooh, you know how do I deal with that Right. And and I want to point out, too, that, you know, a lot of times, you know, we talked about forgiveness earlier, but a lot of times, you know, just because you're triggered doesn't mean that you haven't forgiven that person. It just means that because forgiveness doesn't necessarily equate healing. So it just means that that, that you are still going through that healing process. So when you're triggered, don't think, oh, I haven't forgiven him or I haven't forgiven her. Mm -hmm. You have. But healing is a process and it's not one that's going to happen overnight. It's not one that's that's going to happen in a couple of months. Like you said, it takes years and it's, in the, it's, it's ever evolving. It is. It is. But you learn so much about yourself mm-hmm. and how you can change and how you can endure things and not. And, and I, I, want, I don't want to say internalize them, but how to deal with them, because mm-hmm. we all have our ups and downs. That's just mm-hmm. life. We're never going to be at a point where we're just peachy king. Everything's Absolutely. happy all the time. Absolutely. I mean, life happens. It's never going to happen. <laughs> exactly. Never you have happen. to be equipped to deal with it. Absolutely. If you're not equipped to deal with it, you will not have a happy life. 
Absolutely. you will not be happy. Absolutely. You are causing depression and everything else that comes along with it, um, diseases and all that. People don't believe that the mind and body is connected. If you have negative thoughts and you are a negative person and you have all this negative energy, mm-hmm. it has nowhere to go but inside of your body. And I think a lot oh, of people- yes. <laughs> they don't realize I, that. I agree. I don't think we realize it. That energy has nowhere to go but yes. inside of your body and start manifesting all kinds of diseases yes. and ailments. Yeah. And you're not doing anything to, to help that, to, to prevent it. It's, it's, it's in your mind and it can be changed the way you think you can change it. It just Absolutely. makes work. I, to- I totally agree with that. And I think you're right that a lot of us just don't realize we're wondering why we're sick and, and you know, why we're, you know, people in our community are suffering from terminal illnesses. It's because we're not effectively processing our emotions. And so that's why we're having these conversations because we want to say enough is enough. <laughs> like exactly. we, 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 we just have to do better with that as, as, as a community. And we, we have to get to a point where we're not afraid to ask for help. You know, if, if you're not good, say you're not good. Exactly. And I'm, I'm we sure are so accustomed to saying, Oh, I'm good. Somebody asks you, Oh, I'm good. How are you? Just be lying. <laughs> <laughs> Because you're not. <laughs> exactly. And that's where people suffer from PTSD, don't even know it. Mm-hmm. Depression, yep. don't even know it. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got, to, you've got to take care of your mind, body, and soul. You there is that. nobody else that's going to take care of it, of it for you. God may even send somebody in your life. And you're like, nope, I'm fine. You know, you don't and never know. One day you wake up and you're wondering why you can just cannot shake these, these feelings of sadness because your mm-hmm. body is like, you know what? Nope, not today. Exactly. Eventually, eventually you are going to have to deal with it. So you may as well get into the habit of dealing with it when it happens. Yes. And I think there needs to be more awareness and more of less of a stigma of talking about feelings, because mm-hmm. I think a lot of us grew up with don't talk about that. Mm-hmm. Nothing goes out of this house. Right. Yeah. Everything is secret. What happens in like, house stays in this house. Yes. And I'm like, that's not a good way to live. That's not a good way to live. We can't live our lives in secrecy and nobody knows what's going on except you and two other people that can't help you. Right. You know, right. that's not a good way to live. <laughs> Would you say two other people that can't help you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so serious. Because more than likely they're rocking in the same boat you're rocking. <laughs> exactly. They can't help you. Absolutely. <laughs> Follow true. So let's talk about. I know you said you were writing a book. So mm-hmm. before we before we get ready to wrap it up, let's talk about that a little bit. So you're writing a book about the sexual abuse and the and the domestic violence, correct? Yes, I am really just going in on how this all how I evolved as a person. Mm-hmm. All these things have made me who I am today. Mm-hmm. I don't wish them on anybody, but it's taking me through a really I guess, incredible journey of people don't, I mean, people don't know me except from social media and they probably would never think anything like this has happened to me. Mm -hmm. Right. And I just want people to, to know that they don't have to stay where they're at. Right. Right. I could be a victim forever and just swallowing, you know, I'm a victim and just keep it it going. I, I want to encourage people to evolve, to figure out, why you feel the way that you do and do something about it. Absolutely. You don't have to Absolutely. Remain a victim. 
Absolutely. Oh, you just, I'm telling you, because girl, I was there for so many years. Oh, I was so angry, so bitter. I didn't want nobody talking to me. Like, honestly, Nicole, I did not even want my children hugging me. I remember one time my son came to me and he, and he just wanted a hug. He was a teenager at the time and he mm-hmm. just wanted a hug. And I was like, don't touch me. And, and when he touched me, like, I don't know what went through, but I just burst out in tears because I had been harboring all this bitterness and this anger and for someone to touch me and embrace me. It just felt so strange for me. Mm-hmm. And I just started bawling like a baby. I, I will never forget that. And that was, that was the beginning of me letting down my guard because mm-hmm. I knew that I had some issues that I needed to deal with. So when, when, when it was at a point where you don't want your children to hug you, when you don't mm-hmm. want you know, them to love on you, there are some issues that, that need to be dealt with. So exactly. So yeah, yeah. We, we, def- we definitely need to do better with that. But this is what I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you mentioned that you were writing a book and mm-hmm. and in the beginning you were going to use an alias, but then you said, you know what, I'm tired of hiding. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about that. So what is it, what is it that that inside of you said I need to stop hiding? Well, one, my 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 life coach, my spiritual advisor, Rebecca Lynn, I talked to her and she was like, Why are you hiding? Mm-hmm. <laughs> why are you not why are you not using your real name? And mm-hmm. I was like, I, I just want to write. I just want to write under a pen name. Mm-hmm. I don't want to use my real name. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't want to be associated with that. And that's wow. still. That's the part of me that's probably still like, okay, you're not all the way healed. Right. Like you want to be right because you're talking about me too. You're talking about domestic violence, mm-hmm. but now you don't want them to know that it's you. Because you just you know. said I don't want to be associated with that. So you didn't <laughs> want to be associated with your own story. Yeah. It's well, because I felt Look, like I, I'm not I, judging I like because I, I've been there. I'm not judging. I'm just asking because I've been there. But yeah, I, yeah. yeah, because I felt like I could tell it in third person. And I didn't want to be when people know that you've been victimized in any way. I feel like they try to treat you different or yeah. they try yeah. to make you seem like you're still that same person mm-hmm. or they may try to, you know, manipulate or abuse. But I was like, I'm not even that same person anymore. I'm right. not that same person. And I became so strong and bold and telling everything under that other name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. <laughs> that I was like, you know what? I can do this. I can really say these things with my name. Because, I, because let's ask this question. Are you really telling your story if nobody knows it's you? Exactly. <laughs> That's something to think about. Like, are you really telling your story? Exactly. Because what if it's somebody in your family mm-hmm. that needs to know that Nicole made it through this, but then you're using an alias? That's name. Your alias name was super cute. I was like, oh, that's unique. I like that. <laughs> And that was the whole purpose behind it. I was like, oh, okay, that'll be memorable. That'll be, I mean, my, my film that is Christine, but I was like, uh-huh. right, that'll, you know, that'll be uh, eye-catching. They'll remember. Right. Because I, like, I think the last night was London, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I'm glad that you decided to stop hiding. So shout out to, Re- to Rebecca Lynn 
Rebecca Lynn Pope. Let me say yeah, Re- Rebecca Lynn Pope. So yeah, shout out to Rebecca Lynn Pope. And 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 I I I've talked with Rebecca myself, and I know she is amazing at what yeah. she does. So just gonna give her a plug right here if y'all need a lot. <laughs> She's the one for you. But yeah, so yeah, I'm glad that you know she did talk to you and that you did decide to come out of hiding because it's time. It's time for us to let people know that we are no longer victims that we are survivors so yeah mm-hmm. hiding. It's, it's just not necessary yeah. but yeah well we're going to get ready to wrap it up do you have any closing words for our listeners i want to say don't be afraid of sharing your story i had a woman inbox me and say how could you say all those things and not be afraid and i told her i said those things happened to me they are not me. Right. It just right. happened. It happened to. It just happened to. Happen to. Happen to me. But they're not who I am. Right. They person. don't define you. They don't yeah. define you at all. And I think still a lot of people are afraid of judgment. You know, with all the the sexual abuse that's going mm-hmm. on, and who's telling the truth, and who's mm-hmm. lying, and do you have proof? And you know, it, it goes on and on. So I can see why people would be a little hesitant to come forward, but nobody can take that away from you. Once you begin to speak your truth and you know it to be true and God knows it to be true, mm-hmm. tell other people because this exactly. is still a huge, huge, huge epidemic that we are still silent. Mm-hmm. And I believe I read where the Me Too movement, I think about 14 million women had come forward about Me Too. Wow. And I was like, wow. Wow. And that's probably just the tip of the iceberg. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow. And that's why we, we do have to keep sharing our stories to let, to because when we share our stories, I think it gives other people permission to share theirs. So, There's power in numbers. When you feel like you're the only one it's happening to, you're scared. Absolutely. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. Well, Nicole, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your journey with us. I know that our listeners are going to benefit tremendously from your story. Number one, because you're out of hiding. (laughs) (laughs) Kudos to you for that. And then number two, because you are not a victim. You know, you you are a survivor. So we, we appreciate you sharing your journey with us. So, but before we go, tell us where we can find you in the online space and when we can expect that bestseller. Oh, um, I'm hoping to have it out by maybe like summer of next year. I'm like still in the writing phases of Mm -hmm. it, but you can find me on social media at Nicole K Jones. And if you are interested in, um, you know, talking about your story, um, I'm at hope and healing community. It's a Facebook group. Mm -hmm. And if you want to join, you are more than welcome to join. This is a very small group, but everybody in there has been abused in some type of way. So you are not alone. Absolutely. If you want to come in and share your story, you want to come in and just talk. Great. And, and I'll have all of Nicole's information posted in the show notes of her episode. So there will be links to um, her social media and also link to that group if anyone needs to or wants to be a part of that. So if you happen to miss it now, you can catch it in the show notes of her episode at getnakedlife.com. All right, guys, we are going to get ready to get out of here. Again, Nicole, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate thank you. Thank story, you. And we appreciate your courage to come out of hot <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> All right, guys, we will see you on the other side. I know it sounds crazy, but I'm taking my
Woman. Woman. 